intentional walk to Barry Bonds. Two and two with the bases loaded and one out. Oh, oh my God. Deep to right field. Way Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Quality Start podcast series. Uh, first video we're doing, if anyone's actually on uh, the basesloadednetwork.com, we are obviously on a regular podcast everywhere else where you listen to podcasts right now. Uh, you know, This is our first official show from the Quality Start because we did a couple of spring training previews, but these are the kind of shows you're going to see going forward. This is a uh, podcast like co-op between the turn two podcast and bases loaded podcast uh, will be hosted by myself and Mike Carlin, who's with me. So again, uh, my, I am, you're going to be your host, Matt Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at M A T T W I seven, seven I M S and Mr. Mike Carlin. Welcome to the show. What's up, man? <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> anyone reaction? watching on anyone watching on video, we got this like badass overlay and all sorts of fancy stuff. So, uh, but anyway, we won't get too much into that because a lot of people are only listening to this in audio. So don't worry, we won't be doing anything magical or you know any any kind of audio visual things too much <laughs> to make this uh, to make this weird. So anyway, we're going to get into this. Will be thirty minutes or less. We're getting into spring training lineup takeaways. These are things that have been happening that um, you know trends, rosters, lineups, stuff like that that you should you know we want you to uh, to take notice of. This isn't results driven because there hasn't been enough games to for there to be results to really looking into. So we will get into those, but we're going to wait for more data to come in. So anyway, starting in the National League East, the Nationals, um, the thing that we've seen from uh, w- when we talked about on the what to look for, Robles, Victor Robles has been leading off, uh, but he obviously yesterday got injured when he made this really bonkers play and then threw a ball and airmailed it and may have hurt his oblique. <laughs> Uh, so that's, uh, I, you know, I, I don't think we have official word on what happened there yet, but I mean, it's obviously something annoying that we have to take a look at for sure. And again, I just, I'm going to be watching. I mean, I do these articles obviously over on again, baseloadnetwork.com, which new website, very excited for, but that's a whole nother discussion. Um, yeah. And I just, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, obliques are tricky too. We've seen them affect people various different ways. There's very, various different levels of strain, just like any other muscle, so we'll see exactly what happens, you know, between him and J.D. Davis. Like, yesterday, it was just like, like the last couple of days have just been so, like, soul-crushing. Like, come on, fantasy baseball is almost here. Baseball is almost here, and all these injuries are happening. It's driving me nuts. Yeah, so, I mean, other than that, uh, Trey Turner's batting third. We uh, They said he probably would. He has been. Uh, Carter Keboom continues to get work at third base. So that is a pretty big deal, um, you know, but for, for everything. But Robles being the most important thing because so far it's been everything we have expected. Right. The, the, yes. And the thing about now, if I, I'm curious how this is going to be, because every lineup I've noticed so far from what I've seen, Robles, when he Robles and Turner play together in these early spring training lineups, Robles leaves off, Turner hits three. When Robles is out of the lineup, you see Turner slot back up to the one slot. So I wonder if that trend is going to continue. I mean, again, it's early spring training. There's only so much to take away, but it would make sense that Turner would lead off when Robles yeah. is out. And if Robles misses time into the regular season, this could lead to Turner leading off initially. So that could change the values, you know, a few weeks into the season, all that. So it's worth monitoring, but I don't know if there's a huge fantasy impact on Turner's side of things, more so obviously than Robust. So. Uh, yeah, pretty much. And, and like, you can't tell – sometimes you can't tell too much about these lineups too because even though a lot of regulars are playing, not everyone's wheeling out necessarily their everyday lineup, which really changes things, like the New York Mets. 
Uh, they have Rosario batting six. That's not going to happen. He'll probably end up batting eighth because they didn't have a few of their guys in there. J.D. Davies obviously hurt his shoulder. Uh, he is out. It looks like an MRI. It showed an old labrum tear, which that, you know, you don't want a labrum tear, but it's something he's been playing with. It's something they knew about. Um, it looks like he's going to be okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, they didn't have any the regular left fielder in there. They're always throwing a DH. Uh, Jeff McNeil um, led off with Brandon Nimmo was supposed to bat second. He did not play because the Mets doctors wanted him to get uh, um, cardiac tests, which doesn't sound fantastic, but he was in the lineup joking around and laughing. So, I mean, keep your eye out for what could potentially – I mean, obviously Nimmo has a history of neck problems, but the you know anything going on with the heart is obviously an eyebrow raise. So he got the day off yesterday. But when they've both been in together, McNeil leading off, Nemo batting second. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, and I liked seeing uh, Nimmo getting the chance there batting second because it was like he's a post-hype guy. There's a few of these. And you'll notice a few of these guys are being highlighted as post-hype guys because the reason for the reason being is because of the fact that they are – that is what they are, but it's because they might have the value that we expected them to have last year, this year, which makes mm-hmm. them great values in drafts. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people forget. I mean, last year he didn't look spectacular from a, a stat line, but he was injured. I mean, that is that is a fact. He was injured the entire year. He couldn't mm-hmm. get going. In uh, the last fully healthy year he had, um, he had an on-base over 400, and that is who he is. He's lead the league in on-base. That's, that's the kind of guy he is. So you take a look at his batting average, and you look at his strikeouts, you're like, oh, he looks flawed. It's because he's taking so many pitches. A lot of called yeah. third strikes. He is uh, he gets on base like at a crazy clip. So, um, yeah, definitely post hype there. Uh, the Atlanta Braves. Um, what do you what have you seen there that's interesting? With the Braves, it's just a lot of the same. The only thing I really noticed and taking away is I can't take away too much from this, but Adam Duvall is getting a lot of playing time. I think they just want to see what they have there, if anything. But you know, they have Marcakis, they have obviously Riley, who's fighting for a spot, but likely to start in the minors. So I'm watching Duvall's playing time, but I'm not sure how actionable that's actually going to come. I think he's gonna obviously need an injury, but with Freeman dealing with injuries, maybe he could slot over to first base. There's lots of watch there. Camargo is another guy that obviously I'm just watching his playing time because apparently, you know, it's him and Riley, but I think he, it's pretty much been said that he's going to get the starting spot out of spring. But if Riley mashes again, we're not looking at results quite yet, but if Riley mashes and forces his way, then obviously there's nothing to be seen here, but Camargo could be one of those deep league guys. And the idea of these takeaways, I think, is I'm looking for these deeper league targets because we all know yeah. the early league guys. Camargo could just become a yeah. deep league sleeper. I hate the term sleeper, but when your ADP is outside the top 500, you're definitely a sleeper. And we saw what Camargo can do two years ago. I think he put up like 19 home runs, hit 270. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but if you can get that and like, it's almost like the 40th round of a draft and hold he's going with that ADP, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's there's value there. Um, over in uh, Miami, there's not a ton going on there. Um, Birdie looks like you know he's he's got to just take a look at as spring training goes along after they make first cuts if he's actually going to mix in there, how much they're going to use him because in in daily lineup leagues and where you can make daily roster moves, he he can still be valuable because when he's playing, you can put him in there. But in weekly leagues, you if he's not going to be guaranteed playing time, he's he's not worth rostering. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, you you noted in uh, in your in your notes here that you know Villar, Brian Anderson, Corey Dickerson, Jesus Aguilar, pretty much the top four, which is not a surprise. Isan Diaz is playing every day at second, which is awesome and expected. But you know he's another one of those sleepers where you know if he takes a step forward, cuts down on the strikeouts, he's a big power guy as well. Um, cannot skip by without getting your thoughts on the Marlins because obviously they are your team. Anything I'm itching. Then? I'm itching. Um, no, I think it's just cool to see that they have pretty much like there's a couple teams that have almost showed their hands, so to speak, already. In- training it seems like and it, it almost makes the most sense the, i want to see garrett cooper get a little more playing time he's a projected starter per ross resource and i don't see anybody really challenging that unless brinson keeps doing brinson things in spring training and hitting those brinson bombs but that's just aggravating because it's all we all know it's pretty much like a poor man's byron buxton at this point but uh in all seriousness though the top four is, it's really cool to see that i really like brian anderson this year he's a guy i'm starting to target a lot but and Isan Diaz, like like you said, his big thing was just he's actually similar to Nimmo in the fact that he was overly patient. He only had like he had all those strikeouts, all those early struggles, only had a chase rate of like twenty five percent last year. So it's like it was obvious, and a lot. And not, I don't think there was a lot of swing, swing and strike, uh, swing and strike in his game. I could be wrong. I, I haven't looked that up in a while. But either way, he was like overly patient. I want to see him be a little more aggressive, attack first pitches maybe, and kind of see what comes from it. But I'm wildly optimistic about the Marlins. I'm not saying they're going to be any type of like contender, but I think they're going to be a lot better than people expect, and overall will be a uh, surprising team. All right, let's finish up the NL East. Phillies, nothing. There's nothing really that has happened of note. Um, they're going to mix in, obviously, Kingery, Didi, and Segura throughout the lineup, um, and that'll you know that they should all be playing come opening day. Moving to the NL Central, the Pirates, also nothing really of note. Adam Fraser leading off, Brian Reynolds second, kind of what was expected if you look at roster resource. Uh, Josh Bell, Gregor Polanco batting four and five again, kind of nothing to see from the Pirates. Uh, Cardinals. Uh, Colton Wong leading off, which would be fantastic for people looking for stolen bases late. Um, anything else that you really see from the the Cardinals uh, so far that is worth mentioning? Well, the Cardinals had a split squad yesterday, so because of that, not really sure. What thing, although Carpenter left injured, I believe with the with the back, if I remember hearing that correctly. So Tommy Edmond gets a huge boost because Edmond was already. He's first of all, Edmund's been jumping around, going back to what I just seen normal like in general. It's Tommy Edmund's been getting thrown around the diamond. They mentioned him being that type of guy. He's been utilized as such already in spring. But if that carpenter back issue is actually an issue, Edmund would slot into the everyday third base role, thus leading leaving other spots available. So I'm watching a lot of what, what they're gonna do there. And Wong, obviously, like you mentioned, I, th- I think that's very interesting. I want to see how if that has any stickiness to it, so to speak. And then that goes into the whole second lineup. You know, you have a couple, you had a couple of regulars in there, but you had Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader hitting the five and six hole yesterday. Bader's been jumping up and down the lineup. Tyler O'Neill kind of sticking to the middle lineup with that power bat. I'm not surprised, but I think both are going to be given a chance to start the year. As much as I love Dylan Carlson, I think he should be up. I think they want to make sure that they're not, they, they want to leave no stone unturned, it seems like. Give these guys a real final look before they say, you know what, we're moving on to Dylan Carlson. But I am going to keep talking because I'm great at that. Real quick about the Pirates. The only thing I see that's really driving me nuts is Kevin Newman is barely playing, it seems like. He should be the starting shortstop, but they keep throwing Cole Tucker out there at starting shortstop. With, with When they run most of the starters out, Kevin Newman, when he does get his shots, 
it's with the second team. So I'm it, is, it is a little early to make those determinations, but yes. it's definitely something you want to look at. And that's why it's frustrating because I know I'm probably overreacting because I'm a, I'm a big Newman guy. He made my sleeper list. He's on my few. He's on a few teams. Sorry, I thought I saw like a spider on my ceiling, and uh, uh, just oh. <laughs> it's aggravating. So yes, that's the Cardinals. That's the Pirates. I hate to. Like, I'm, we can move on from that, but the, that's. I wanted to mention the Newman thing because if Newman isn't, if Newman becomes a non-factor, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Reds. There's nothing, nothing of note going on there. I mean, Van Meter has let off a little bit, and I don't know if that really matters to to many people. Uh, the Brewers, Eric Sogard, has been yes. leading off yes. and playing third base. Um, I mean, you're obviously going to talk about him. I like Keston Hira batting second. I'm all for that. Um, stolen base-wise, I'd, I'd almost like to see him maybe take a shot at the leadoff spot, but he's a strikeout machine. So batting second, I'm not sure if that is a fantastic fit, but I expect him to get better. So I love it. I love seeing it. You know I love Eric Sogard. This is so on brand. So, of course, I'm going to talk him up in the notes. But in all reality, and I, I even I did all I did suggest them this morning. I, I'm standing by this whole Eric, so- Eric Sogard thing. I think you know seeing that launch angle, he uh, he increases launch angle two straight years, and I'm not saying he's anything great, but there's a little bit of power, a little bit of speed, and batting average, and you want that like everywhere, and you can get this. I don't even know his ADP. It's probably it's probably around 400 ish. He's a guy who's gonna be leading off in like a little league ballpark. Like why wouldn't you want that type of guy in your lineup? I'm not saying he's gonna be anything special. Just a solid floor guy that you can put in your middle infield spot or utility in deep leagues. Twelve teamers, fringe. I wouldn't probably. I probably wouldn't um, unless it's. I don't know unless it's deep rosters. I, I'd have a hard time rostering him. I get that, but I don't know. I'm. I, I like him for some reason. And the Reds piss me off. They're they're boring. They have two lineups. They're pretty much alternating. So there's really very little to take away from the Reds, like you said. Yeah, uh, the Cubs also pretty much nothing. Everyone's hitting at the top. I know. Jason Hayward's been batting cleanup. That's not going to happen. Um, it's, it's spring training. So skip, like there's nothing happening that you can, there's no actionable information with the Cubs. Uh, moving into the National League West, the Rockies. Garrett Hampson's nowhere to be found. I'm not sure if that's by design or not uh, as far as getting him rest. I know there's some people haven't been playing. That's a concern. Nonetheless, Hilliard is in there every day uh, and Tapia gets regular at bats. So um he said David Dahl was out, but they're going to take it easy with him. But it, you know, it's the Rockies. They're going to they're going to they're going to continue to rotate people in and out. And it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, the Rockies have been very very frustrating already. <laughs> Again, these are very early takeaways. So, how much actionable data is there? I'm not sure. The Hilliard and Hampson thing—they've pretty much split the time so far. It, it was like first day was Hilliard, last two was Hampson, then yesterday was Hilliard. For some reason, Tapia and Josh freaking Fuentes are a thing every day in the lineup, it seems like. Josh Fuentes is becoming the bane of my existence at this point. Last year, it was Pat Vileka. This year, it is Josh Fuentes. And this is this makes for great this makes for great everything because if you're listening, you can hear the frustration. If you're watching, you can definitely see it. It's aggravating. My hands are moving below the scenes. I'm just so frustrated, man. <laughs> uh, the San Diego Padres, Will Myers, uh, you know, he, he batted second. We don't know how that lineup is necessarily going to look, but he's one of those guys that are intriguing if he can stay healthy. Uh, but, you know, they're going to bat him if he's healthy, and he's going to bat at the top of the lineup. Just Turks and Profar batting fifth, playing second. That's probably where he's going to stick. I don't think batting fifth necessarily. He's, I mean, he's going to play second, um, especially with, you know, the lineup they have. But, I mean, I would, I would expect him to be more like batting seventh. <laughs> what did you expect? 
Uh, I don't know what to expect, and I'm I I, I, I hate I I even said it. Somebody talked me off this ledge again because every time I buy back into Profar, he just lets me down. And I'm not saying I'm buying back in fully, but I'm definitely intrigued because again, he has deeper league appeal because of how far he's going. And you know, we're playing TGFBI, we're doing other stuff. You know, we do deeper leagues, so I find value in these guys. And you give me a guy that could possibly hit fifth, and what's going to be a really should be a really solid lineup. I'm and, and at a bad position at that. I'm gonna be somewhat interested. But with that said, Myers, this is his first time drawing a quote unquote start because you know there's no real starting lineups here. But he hasn't hit, you know, he's he's usually hitting top of the lineup when he does get his run, but that was the I, I doubt he hit second because you have you know you have fam that wasn't playing that would probably slot in there. And I don't know, man. The one thing I am taking away is Francis Cordero gets regular playing time, which is awesome. We all, you know, there's a power speed element there with a really high ceiling, but a floor that literally is droppable in a few weeks into the season. Yeah. But Francis Cordero gets consistent playing time. And they, it's weird because you think they would move him up the lineup just to get him more reps. They're actually just slotting him at the bottom of the lineup, which is actually where he probably will slot come the regular season. So, not, I don't know how, again, I don't know how much to take away from that, but I think he's probably gonna get that first shot at that job almost there's not really much doubt in my mind at this point but again it's very early so i could be wrong yeah uh giants uh they're filtering people in and out um i the only person mm-hmm. yaz is the only guy who will probably in a full lineup will bat lead off i'm assuming uh roster resources at has it that way i assume it'll be that way when he was out crawford led off but i think yaz will be the guy um brandon bell hitting third i think that's nl only or 15 team league only uh for your bench um Dodgers, not much. AJ Pollock is batted cleanup with Turner and Seager sitting out. He uh, hit a monster home run the other day. He's just another one of those guys if he's healthy. <laughs> Same as Will Myers. He's very intriguing. I mean, I got to say, at his ADP, he's a guy that in a really deep league, I wouldn't mind taking a shot on because that's a, a lethal lineup and you see how good he can be. I, I, my expectations are zero, though. So you'd have to be someone who fell. But uh, anything uh, you like out of the, the Dodgers or the Giants? No, you cover the Giants pretty well, but I was curious. What are your thoughts on Yaz as a whole? And maybe Alex Dickerson. Like, do you see any value there? The, obviously, deep, in deep leagues, I hate saying this because deep leagues and only everybody has value. If they, if they have a pulse, they have value in these leagues. Yaz but, has, I think, 12 team appeal yes, possibly. Okay. Um, but he's the only guy on the team I want to roster. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm okay with Belt in, again, it goes back to deeper leagues. But as far as 12 teamers go, I think Yaz is the only offensive, like, he's the only person as far as on the offensive side of things that I want to roster as well. So and yeah, the Dodgers. Yeah. Are, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to move on to the Diamondbacks. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, no. We no. We can. I just the Dodgers again. It's kind of cool. You keep seeing Betts, Muncy, Bellinger. I want to see how Turner, uh, Justin Turner, gets involved as far as where they slot him because you can see Muncy and Turner almost alternating second and fourth, which again, both of which are great. Like I love. I I I actually took both of them in TGFBI because Turner's just so solid. I know the injury concerns are there, but regardless, I I want to see how the top four play out. But it's. It's just amazing. That lineup is awesome. Just awesome. Lux is getting frequent playing time. I think that's worth noting. I don't think he was a lock. I still don't think he's a lock to maybe break break camp with the team, but he might. He I don't know. He's getting every look at. He's getting every look right now. The team wants to contend, yeah. and he. The only issue is, is he might bat at the bottom of the lineup because again, this time is so good. Even if he is great, there's no real. The highest he'll probably hit is like what sixth, which is where he hit yesterday, and that was without a full lineup. So. We'll see. You can yeah. move on to the D-backs now, unless you want to add to that. Now, Diamondbacks, there's not much to say. Kettle Marte, uh, mm-hmm. they, uh, Josh Rojas played second in lieu of Kettle, who I think has over a 2,000 OPS so far this spring. <laughs> uh, 
Um, again, they, they've been playing kind of people where they should. Nothing really to see there. Um, so let's move to the American League, the Blue Jays. Lords Guriel, bat in third. Oh, my God. Um, I can't say enough about this guy. Um, which, by the way, going back to the Diamondbacks, 2020 player breakdowns. If you follow me on Twitter, Kettle Marte was today's guy. Go check it out. But the Blue Jays, Lords Guriel, another guy I really love, batting third. Uh, the only thing really to see here, I think, is Travis Shaw and Rowdy Telez, who Telez has been kind of like killing the ball. <laughs> uh, they were both in with uh, with with Shaw batting cleanup, Telez batting six. So that's kind of the the big – I mean, again, this is kind of a deeper thing, but I, I think you can take a shot on Shaw even in – a 12 team league, maybe he's one of those guys where if I drafted and maybe like a last round pick, Mr. Irrelevant. And if it doesn't work out, you cut him for someone else, more of a 15 team play, obviously, but he's one of those guys that are really interesting to me if they could somehow turn back into his old self in that lineup. But other, I think that's kind of the only thing to look at, right? Shot till as everything else is kind of business as usual. Yeah. Vlad hitting fourth. They meant they talked about doing it prior to spring training and they've seemed to be implementing it. You're kind of seeing that top four play out as, Biggio and um oh man uh wow the uh the shortstop help me out here for what for what Bichette Bichette thank you oh my god blank that's that's (laughs) awesome like one of the like one of the like fantasy like one of these fantasy darlings in the middle rounds um so yeah Biggio Bichette you know lead off one two some at some at some point you have Gurriel hitting third which again really nice you mentioned and Vlad hitting fourth I really wish they would have utilized Vlad in the three hole but that's you know that's me being just nitpicky and but if Shaw slots in at five behind that solid top four four i'm with you man he's a guy i am targeting in 12s because yeah. i play most well here's the thing i want to i want because 12 team leagues that have a corner infield spot <laughs> i want to say that otherwise even if it's a shallower one when you know three outfielders no corner infield no you know one utility whatever put him on your watch list because again it goes back to he's fringe in your deeper 12s yeah so he's a guy that you definitely want to watch because he could bounce back. He was a what a top 100 pick last year, or like 120 ish pick. Mm-hmm. So, and last year, if you look at his last four years, last year was the outlier. So that's the only thing I'm gonna. I mean, I, I think he bounces back. I think he's in for a good year. And I haven't targeted enough of him. I'm gonna make sure I fix that going forward. We got about uh, 10 minutes left in the show. We'll kind of hurry yeah. along here. The Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, nothing that we didn't already know. Uh, low and low, both out. It's going to be a nightmare. The only person in weekly leagues I really want is Yandy Diaz, who continues to bat second, which is great. Um, I expect him to have actually a pretty big year. He'll probably be in there every day. But first base, Nate Lowe and Choi are going to be splitting. Hunter Renfro gets in, but it's in batting cleanup. It's hard to really trust him um, because they're just going to be cycling in and out. Maybe Tosugo is an interesting guy. Um, it, it would. I'd like to see as – they cut people from the team, how they rotate first, third, and DH, and how that ends up going. Oh, 100% agree. I think Susugo, though, finds his way in more than he doesn't, as long as he shows he can hit. Like, at You think just league. him and Yandy are the only two guys you can really trust for weekly leagues at I'd today? Say Med- I'd say Meadows as well. I mean, he's the, oh, obvious. No, well, he's <laughs> he's the obvious one, though. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. count. He doesn't count. Yeah, well, I just, I just wanted to make sure I put that out there because, you know, you know, people are going to be like, well, you guys didn't mention Meadows. Yes, we. I didn't want to just assume that people knew yeah. that we were. Yeah, that's all that was. He goes without saying. That was that was with us. That was just me covering the troll aspect of things. But uh, I don't know. I think Lau. I think it's Brandon Lau. I think he's Lau. I call him Low too. But I think well, he's the Lau one. Um, I think he's gonna play more than he's not. I think right because when you look at when he is in the lineup, I did notice this. He hasn't played much, but when he does play, he bats top four. When the other guys play second, like, you know, play second base. Well, not when Joey Wendell and that Mike. I can't think of the last name with a B. They bet to the bottom. They bet. They bet the bottom half of the lineup. So sh- right, right there, that shows a different level of confidence. 
You know what yes. I mean? Right there. So I think what they are doing is getting an early look at their guys at second base because they have to make the cuts. I think Lau, you know, they're just easing them in, coming off that injury last year and all that. I think he's ultimately going to play on the strong side of a platoon at the very least, which leads him to be fringe weekly league, uh, you know, good guy. But I still – I'll take a guy who's going to hit on the strong side of a platoon in a weekly – For a sure, and if he hits the way he should, he has like 30 home run upside. So With 10 steals. like Take a okay. shot. <laughs> 10 steals. The only thing that's going to hurt you is probably the batting average, and that's yeah. even going to be like 250. So uh, The Yankees, obviously, Giancarlo Stanton has yeah. got himself a calf strain. Um with him, who knows? I mean, typically you're only out of, of you know, maybe two or three weeks. At the if you look at like what other people have missed with this, but again, you, you don't really know with uh, with Stanton. So hold your breath. Uh, he was a guy I wasn't drafting anyway, just because of um, draft value. But this is probably a the biggest value bump is probably Miguel Andujar. Do you think? Oh, I love Andujar. I actually grabbed him in early draft champions leagues just because. I was bank. I was hoping that he would fight for third base. It was looking really bad the, the first week of spring training because they were getting they, every time they had a chance. Minus one game, I think Urshela got third the, the start third base. They mm-hmm. put Andujar DH. They finally put him in the outfield yesterday, and this was prior. I think they put him in the outfield prior to the injury news. Maybe they knew about the injury news before we did type of thing. But Andujar's gonna get a strong look. But you know there is Talkman. There is um. There is Clint Frazier. So there, there's, you know, there are other names to contend with, but I think Andujar has to be the favorite. I think he has the most stock rising in this situation. And I'm obviously not rooting for Stanton to have a long-term injury by any means. Mm-hmm. But if um, if I have to pick one guy, it's definitely Andujar I'm banking on. Yep. Um, Red Sox, not much to see uh, other than Jose Peraza uh, led off with Ben Intendi will probably end up being the guy with Verdugo out, but it would be great if Peraza could have himself a nice spring because his value would obviously take a massive bump if he could somehow manage to take down that leadoff spot while uh, Verdugo is out. But uh, other than that, not much really to see in Boston so far. Nope. Just watching where they're putting uh, Chavis. They keep jumping, uh, throwing him around different different lineups, different spots. You know, first base, I think he's played second. So that's not really anything like groundbreaking, but it's still interesting. And I'm not sure where exactly he's going to end up falling in this lineup. Like they, they bat him everywhere from third to fifth, sixth. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Orioles, uh, Austin Hayes <laughs> was leading off early in the spring. Hansa Alberto. This, you know, sucking the life out of everyone's happiness uh, is let off again. So uh, it looks like they're not going to give it to Hayes. But again, it's early in spring training. So it's it's something to watch because Hayes would be to obviously get a, a much needed bump if he's leading off there. Ryan Mountcastle's getting a lot of at-bats, but it's probably due to he'll probably be among the first cuts <laughs> to go down once don't, they – Don't uh, do they, that to me. Don't do that to me. It's going to happen. They have no reason to keep him. You know, they're going to lose with or without the guy. I know, but I thought you know he he did do well in AAA last year. It's not like he has anything enough to prove. I maybe he'll probably like, be one that, of those, like that stops teams. I know he should June. I, just, I guarantee it. I just he's down sure. till June. Yeah, that's what I was say. He's probably gonna be the first one up with the Super Two date for sure. Uh, so he's definitely. A, I think he's a stash candidate though, as far as like minor leaguers. If you if all the ma- the big name ones get taken, he's a guy worth stashing because he could come up and be like a little bit of a decent little not not a lot of power, but you know Camden Yards potential juice ball again i think i think there's some uh potential a little bit of power there and there's some good batting average potential so Mm -hmm. i like him he's a guy i'm definitely watching a lot of and the whole alberto thing he he i think he is gonna end up leading off unfortunately because i again Mm -hmm. i'm with you on the Hayes train i love Hayes, but 
they have when they, they haven't yet to start in a lot together. I'm waiting to see that yep. because when one starts, one's in, one's out. Usually is how it works. The way it just and they don't even play the same position, so it's really weird. But so far, I've noticed one, when one is in, one is out, and whoever is in leads off. So it's like I'm waiting to see what happens when they get put together. Yeah. Um, last team in the what do you know the. Oh, I guess moving on to the AL Central. Yep. Uh, Tigers, nothing. Miguel Cabrera hit a home run already this spring. That was kind of cool. But other than that, who cares? Uh, deep. This goes back to deeper leagues. Cameron Mabin, when he's in, he's been leading off. My boy Victor Reyes, who I was big on, like right, like in the early offseason, like Novemberish, I was huge on him. He's the odd man out there, probably fourth outfielder type. And Jacoby Jones, another guy that people were really big on, hasn't really been. He's only been leading off when Mabin is out. So yeah. That's been like again. This is strictly for deeper leagues, but Maben went from irrelevant to possibly stealing you ten bags in the first half before getting traded. So there's like there is some deeper league value here. I'm not sure if he'll go in TGFBI, but if I need steals late, he's a guy I'm going to be eyeing for sure. Uh, the Minnesota Twins, something very very interesting. Luis Arias, the split squad game. So grain of salt. Mm-hmm. He batted leadoff, which I've been calling for. This guy has like an elite hit tool and contact. I mean, he could, he's projected to win the American league batting title from a few popular projection systems. If this guy could lead off, like, again, he should, you want a guy getting on base in front of these power guys. Um, he could have well over a hundred runs on this Minnesota team. It would give you two elite categories, which would make him, you know, as a second base outfield eligible guy, really, really strong. I still am in on him even lower because Again, his RBIs could theoretically take a huge bump if he's down in like six or seven, uh, probably more like seven in the lineup just because of how many guys are going to be on base in front of him in that Minnesota lineup. But Arias leading off is something to look out for. Well, if he hits six or seventh, I don't know how many people are going to be on base often because they're going to just hit bombs. Like, <laughs> true. I mean, true. In theory, though, I mean, they're still – they'll probably they – hit, they hit doubles too. Uh, yeah, most of them but over the I, You want them leading off. That's where you want them. Or no, second. I hear you. I'm, I'm obviously – joking in a sense i think obviously hitting sixth or seventh in this lineup this isn't your typical lineup that's a good rbi position which is odd again no not many lineups you could say that about hitting seventh yeah they have projected him hitting seventh like you said so at frost resource i hope he leads off as well at least given hopefully he's given an opportunity to but it's just so hard because this team is loaded with talent like on base guys as well as power and snow is the guy I'm really watching here because they have Ross Resource has him slotted in at eight. He hasn't hit lower than like fifth or sixth. And I know that we have they haven't trotted out a full lineup yet, but if he can keep somehow stay in that middle lineup somehow where that power back belongs, I would you know that would really, really hard, hard to crack. Hard to crack that lineup. <laughs> but, yeah, but when you look at it, when you look at that lineup, you have to Polanco needs to hit towards the top. Donaldson needs to hit towards the top. Donaldson Cruz has to hit in the middle. Eddie Rosario needs to hit towards the middle or top. Kepler needs to hit towards the middle. So Sano so is almost like the odd man out in what is like a, an embarrassment of riches. And yeah. unfortunately, if he hits eighth, that's a huge hit to his value. Oh, granted, he's not – I mean, he's going – he's actually moved up. I think he's around pick 100 now or, or 120-ish, which is not bad. But, I, that, like, yeah, you'll get your 40 bombs, but that RBI total might be 80 instead of 120, you know? Yep. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Cleveland Indians, I, I don't care about anything so far other than I'd like to see Bradley Zimmer get healthy. He batted fifth. Yeah. Uh, but that outfield, once they brought in um, Domingo Santana, I don't know how that's really going to work out for Bradley Zimmer. Uh, anything to add on the Indians before moving on to the Royals? No, they've been trotting out a pretty standard lineup, like what you would expect to see in the in regular season. So not really any takeaways here. 
Okay. So a couple of minutes left in the show. We'll rifle through the rest of this. Uh, mm-hmm. Royals um, don't really care here. Hunter Dozier batting third. Uh, nothing really surprised uh, as far as what they've been doing so far. I mean, you're only interested in a couple of guys there. With Merrifield, I'm not very happy with. Uh, as far as if anyone check out his breakdown, I just I'm very <laughs> out on him at ADP. Uh, Chicago yeah. White Sox. They could continue to play all their young guys, which is super fun, but we're not going to really get a good idea of what this team will look like until they make their cuts. Andrew Vaughn's obviously not making the team, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, really not much going on in the, uh, in the, in the central. No. And with the white, well, and when, but the good thing, this is one of those teams that when they roll out a full lineup, it's almost like you can expect to see that lineup in the regular season. So mm-hmm. worth monitoring. Uh, Luis Robert keeps kind of jumping around, but six to the bottom of the lineup. That would probably be to expect it going into the regular season as well. So for you Robert guys out there, keep that in mind. His ADP is kind of inflated now. I'm not sure. So that's it's to your willingness on risk, but he's the only guy that I, I'm really watching where he, they slot him continuously. Uh, going into the West, the Astros have been playing a lot of split squad games. So yeah. it's tough to see where their head's at as far as the lineup. There will probably won't be surprises. We saw what they did last year. Michael Brantley hit second um, yesterday, which is, you know, which would be great. Uh, but overall, nothing really. I mean, other than I yeah. thought George Springer uh, was getting – he was like the lone 2017 guy at a split squad versus the Mets, really, because uh, Brantley obviously wasn't there. Neither was Kyle Tucker. Everyone else was in uh, versus St. Louis. They were booing him like crazy, like they're going to everywhere. And Springer swung at a pitch about as hard as you possibly can. Yeah. And he screwed himself right into the ground. It was like he just swung, he just missed in spectacular fashion. It was fantastic. It was impressive. I saw the video. Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, good for him. Try to shut up the crowd. I mean, he you failed, but that's what I would try to do. It's like, hey, take this. Oh, um, you got to think, are these guys going to be dealing with this all year? They're already getting hit in spring training. They're already overly like, overly pressing. You got to think, like, this might be a down year for them just from a mental aspect more than the actual yes. skill set. So. It's not going to wear off because every team – fan base is going to be seeing for the first time at some point, they're going to want to get their licks in. It's like, it may be old story in general, but it'll be brand new to the new team they're visiting. You know, it's a pain in the butt. All right. (laughs) Oakland athletics. uh, I don't know what the deal with Loreano batting six is. I'm not a fan. (laughs) Uh, That's kind of all I really have for that. Yeah. This was the first time I think this happened. And you look at this lineup other than Seth, oh not Seth Brown. I'm, I'm looking thinking of another. Oh no, Seth Brown. Yeah, Seth Brown quietly slotted into the five hole, but Loriano. What if he doesn't? I didn't even think about the fact that he's not going to hit top two. He could like you look at the fact that it was Semyon, Chapman, Olsen, Canna. That could be your top four, and that wouldn't surprise so, anybody. So stupid. Put Loriano in the two hole. I would prefer that. Yes, but but if this lineup trotted out there tomorrow or into into the regular season, this would not surprise anybody, and it shouldn't. But it puts a damper on Loriano's ceiling, unfortunately. I hate, so I hate, I hate this. I do hate this, but hate this, this. this is exactly why I do these because this could be actionable data. If this sticks, because it's like, well, I warned you on two twenty eight that mm-hmm. this is happening. So you don't, don't kill the messenger. And heck, if I'm wrong, I'm glad to be wrong. This is just my, these are just my general takeaways, my general observations. And this one really stuck out. It's probably one of the biggest ones that stuck out to me. 
Yeah, uh, the the Angels. Uh, Tommy Lastella got to start and led off. I am Team David Fletcher uh, because of. I mean, he is one of the most. He plays every li- literally everywhere but catcher. I think for fantasy. So yeah. you know he had that. He has that nice batting average. He's one of those guys that you draft last and you can throw him in anywhere. So I really want Fletcher to get himself some playing time. Um, so far with the Angels, though, nothing else really of note for me. No, yeah, Lastella or Fletcher. It's pretty much it. <laughs> Uh, Rangers, Danny Santana and Nick Solak, all both in hitting one and two. That is, that is the big question. Nick Solak, what are they going to do with him? They said they're going to put him in center. Uh, he could obviously play some third. If Todd Frazier is going to move to first, there's a lot of places for him to go. So the big question is Nick Solak. Is he going to be in the lineup once the regulars are all in there? And where is he going to slot? They keep playing around with that. They put Danny Santana in center field that, uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. They put, they put Solak and DH. They've done the reverse before. They've put Danny. They put Solak in by himself. They've done Santana, Santana by himself. It's a game, and I'm not liking it because I'm, I'm very Team Solak. Not that I don't want Santana to play. I'd really, unfortunately, I hate to say this about anybody, but for fantasy purposes, I want Guzman out or Frazier out. Like get them out of there. Get Solak in every day. Frazier in Texas, he had a good end of the season last year. I'd like to see Frazier first, Guzman on the bench, Solak at third. Absolutely. I agree, but my thing is, is I don't care which one I have to sacrifice. Get Solak in the damn lineup. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Mariners. Uh, oh, the, the, the main thing here is the two young guys, Fraley, in and leading off. I've covered him before. I mean, power, speed, he was brutal upon his short uh, time in the majors last year. But very big power, speed guy. If he is going to be in this lineup, it is uh, batting like near the top. It could be interesting. And Evan White at first. He has looked really, really good. Uh, he's, you know, his defense obviously plays in a big way already, uh, and there'll be some maybe growing pains for him. But he's a guy at the back end of drafts I love. So I mean, it, it, nothing really surprising for the Mariners. I just continue to like to see these young guys because it's obviously they're going to be a big part of the Mariners this season, and I just, just want to monitor them. Well, yeah, and actually, what I found very intriguing is the top four and the top five in the lineup. You see some, you see Shedlong leading off a lot. So I think there's a lot of sneaky value there. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, power speed potential. Mostly mostly I'm looking forward to the sp- possible speed bump. Then you have JP Crawford who again, that's a that's a deeper league guy. Shedlong could be back in 12 teamer. JP Crawford 15 te- teams or AO only. Uh he's been sliding in the two hole a lot. I would like to see Evan White get there, but Evan White's been sitting around the five hole a lot. So I think Evan White might be on the outside looking in for the top 4. And then you have um Oh man, the name's escaped. Oh, Kyle Lewis hitting cleanup most days. So Kyle Lewis, like a guy that I was not on initially, hitting cleanup in any lineup is a good thing as far as for RBI potential. And we saw him flash a little bit last year. So he's the guy that I, you know, like I said, top four, top five, I'm really eyeing because there's a lot of fantasy goodness on what's a bad team. And then not to mention, obviously, the young guys and Julio Rodriguez and Noel V. Marte and, you know, uh, Kalenic. That could be a, a really fun team in two or three years. Yeah. Um, and that pretty much covers, that covers everybody. So, uh, you know, we said we'd do this in 30 minutes or less. We failed slightly, but we, 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 we covered every team. So, I mean, we did a pretty good job here. So, uh, thank you for listening to the quality star. We'll be back again. Uh, we're going to be doing this throughout the entire uh, regular season. We're going to give you some spring training updates, uh, here and there. So yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Williams, M E T T W I seven, seven I M S follow the turn Two podcast at turn Two podcast. Uh, Mike, where they can chase you down in your podcast. Yes, of course. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. Bases Loaded is taking a little bit of a step forward. We're turning more into a network. So it's called Bases Loaded Network, but you can still find us on Twitter at Bases Loaded Pod. 
getting all fancy. All right. So yeah, uh, we'll be back. Uh, Enjoy the rest of uh, the rest of your week and enjoy your weekend. See everybody.